To Punchboard Paradise, coming to you from the heartland of America in Omaha, Nebraska, where we discuss the world of tabletop gaming, the topics that affect the board game community, and give honest and fair reviews to the industry's hottest games. In episode 98, the Punchboarders talk some recent plays, we go over five more games in the BGG Top 100, and finally do a review of Corrosion. Hey, everybody, I'm Clef. Hey, I'm Chad. Uh, I'm Richie. Woo! Hey, we're kind of uh, Omaha famous now. Now we're in a magazine. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, they put us <laughs> in a magazine. Woo! That was nice. A bunch of other podcasts and stuff. Yeah, uh, very nice. So they, yeah. they did say we talk about Ticket to Ride, which I think we <laughs> may have mentioned Ticket to Ride once or twice on the show, but... Yeah. I mean, it seemed like the whoever wrote the article had listened to us. Yeah, I think so. But yeah. probably doesn't know anything about the world of hobby board gaming and so... Now, granted, his... His comparison was, you know, somewhat accurate. You know, I mean, more ticket to ride type of games than Scrabble, which, you know. Yeah, right. That's what he was comparing it to. And that's, I mean, maybe he was thinking of his audience, too. Exactly. It's not. Most of the people that are going to be reading that. Right. I mean, if he would have seen ticket to ride at least. Right. Right. If he would have said food chain magnate or age of steam, you know, compared to Scrabble, people have been like, what? You know, where they may have an idea if they've played, you know, if they know anything about. The one thing that was kind of funny, though, we need to, we probably need to get some publicity shots. Because if you look at the rest of the photos (laughs) in the magazine, See, there's yeah. like us standing around in our <laughs> paradise shirts yeah. and like some other people in black and white photos like brooding and licking off into now, the distance. Now to be distance. fair, we were a little under the gun to get that yeah, done. We, were, we, <laughs> we didn't yeah. have much time. We had to slip in. You know, Clef's busy during uh, holiday season. Yeah. So. yeah, yeah, that was pretty good though. Uh, that 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 uh, that amused me somewhat. And also, happy Clef's birthday eve, which is exciting. Uh, well, the age isn't exciting. <laughs> it's going to be my last year in the uh, 40 number. Really? Ooh. Last year in the 40s. Hey, you treated yourself, bought yourself a few games, didn't you? <laughs> you did. I, don't, I literally don't know what happened. I was just on my phone last night going through Miniature Market, and they had the little uh, say, you know, up to 85% off. And I was just going through those games, and I would just look at one and go, all right, it looks okay. Add to the cart. And, you know, sometimes you do that, and then you yeah. get to the end, and you're like, yeah, whatever. And all of a sudden, I and I show, I go to my wife. I go, oh, there are a bunch of cheap games. She goes, oh yeah, that seems good to me. And I go, okay. And I just hit check out. And I was like, <laughs> oh, I guess I just bought ten games, ten games, but like five dollar games. Which there's probably a reason that some of those are five dollars. Oh, I'm sure most of them are terrible. <laughs> terrible. <laughs> eh, whatever. You know, they'll be good to talk recent plays for. There you go. Yeah, I mean, who knows? Maybe all of a sudden, Tomb Trader will be. The best game I've ever played. Okay. Mm. But Maybe just, for our top 100, it will crack right in there. I mean, you can get two bangs for $5. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got a new one today. Oh, oh yeah. This, is my, today? this is my raise. And it, it, I want you to know that on the side of it, because this is peach flavor, it says mm. WAP. Wet nope. blank peach. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> So, Chad getting risky. I know. Yeah. That's my favorite. Uh, <laughs> you know, hey, it's from all that hanging out with Rihanna. Uh, let's talk games. Shall we talk games? Oh, uh, that seems like an intelligent let's idea for okay. a board game podcast. <laughs> all right. Uh, what are you playing, Clef? Well, uh, some things I bought a while ago. I had some chance to play a few of these. And uh, the first one, 
I don't know. It looked like it was a fun game, and I said, what the heck? I'm going to take a shot, and it's called Belgian Beers Race. Have you heard of this one? No, not at all. Okay, well, there's probably a reason why you haven't heard of it, but <laughs> I got this game, and first of all, I pulled it out, and I beautiful-looking art. Very, the, It takes place in Belgium, obviously, and where, where Brussels is your main, uh, the main city. The art looked very similar to Brussels 1893. Like it had some similarities and especially like the player board. When I looked at it, it just had those, that color and just the, the look of it or whatever. So just kind of thinking of that type of art, but just a board that has a whole bunch of like areas, which are breweries. And then it will have like some transportation uh, lines or whatever in between these breweries. And basically on your turn, you will be moving your little person or whatever from one brewery to the next brewery. And when you do that, you have to choose. Do you want to take your bicycle and bicycle there? Do you want to take public transportation or do you want to hitchhike? Those are your three ways to get there. Okay. I like that because it's nice and responsible. Nobody's okay. driving after yeah, they sure. hit the brewery. Okay. Uh, the expansion has driving in it. So, uh, <laughs> <God>. <laughs> um, and then the, you have you have time, and that so on your turn you are going to be using like time, and you'll have like twenty four units of time or whatever. And on these each of these transportation, so like bicycle might say six on it, so it would take six of your time units. Where hitchhiking might only take one of your time units. However, bicycle is like a, oh, you're guaranteed to get there. Public transportation, you're pretty much guaranteed to get there, but the bus might run late. So you might get like, you have to roll a die and you might get a, like a plus two. Hitchhiking is the toughest. So like you might get a, up, oh, nobody picked you up. So then you just lose two time and then you got to try again. So, wow. um, however, as I played the game, I found it was almost always more worth it just to try to hitchhike and hope for the best than to ever try to do any of the others. But um, however, so when you get to a brewery, there's going to be different breweries and they'll give you different things. Like you might get there and you could, you could drink a beer. You might get there and you might get a, like a cheese wedge, you know, uh, because obviously cheese helps you not be as drunk. Okay. So anyways, like different things that you're doing. Um, and also if you run into another player, you can make a toast with them and like each of you give a beer to each other. But every time that you drink a beer, your breathalyzer goes up. And so then it's kind of a, a, a track that once it gets so high, at some point you can't ride a bicycle anymore because you're too drunk. Then at some point you can't take public transportation anymore because you're too drunk. <laughs> I don't think I've ever hit that before. <laughs> and if you get, if yeah, you it's pretty hard certain, to get kicked off of public transportation. It is. It is. Man, I, yeah. The subway, the subway could tell you some stories. Uh, and then finally, you know, you'll just, if you get too drunk, you just pass out and then you're done for the, for the yeah. round. And you like, you play three rounds or something like that. But um, you can eat a cheese to go down on your breathalyzer, you know, so I don't know. So you go there and you're collecting different items and stuff like that. And then it's got some, uh, some contract type of stuff that you can do instantaneously to earn you some victory points. And you're just moving all around this board like that. I mean, here's how i'll describe this game it was bad but like fun bad like uh you know i am playing with obviously heavy deep gamers you know brent and dan and uh jeff and we're just 
having a blast. You know, it's just stupid fun, just having a good. Honestly, we probably should have just been drinking while playing it. We were not. Doing <laughs> yeah, that. I'm sure that's um, the point, right? Actually, I think at some point Brent ran and, and grabbed like a strongbow and shotgunned it or something. <laughs> <laughs> that's how crazy we are. Yeah, you strongbow know? cider. Just <laughs> but anyways, um, it it felt like a game that if they would have done a little more tweaking to it, and I think tried to make it a heavier game, I think it might have been better. But I think they tried to keep it light, and so that's kind of what it is. This is the type of game, I think, if you're looking for a fun, like, let's just have a fun end of the night. You know, you play, you know, like, you know, we played Food Chain to start with. You know, you get done with Food Chain. It's like, okay, you kind of need that relaxing palate cleanser time. Just, it was fun and just a good time. Not, don't have to think much about it. You're just kind of doing a thing, and you're doing this, you know, like I said, collecting these different beers and stuff. It was it was enjoyable. Like somebody came up to me and would say at PPCon, Hey, it's Friday night at 11 PM. And you know, we've played games all day. You don't want to, yes, it's that type of game. You could just kind of sit back and enjoy and have a good time with it. I mean, it sounds like it's not a very long game. Then there is a regular version, which is three rounds. And then there's like a, Oh, or you could just shorten it and only play two rounds. I would suggest to anybody just play the two rounds because we were going to do the regular game and we got to about midway through the second round and said, yeah, this is it. We're done. After this round. Because <laughs> there's, said there's a point, an expansion. You know, so, uh, yes. It talks about that there is an expansion and it says something about the driving expansion. I don't know exactly. I, I don't think I'm out looking for the expansion necessarily, but so was this a Kickstarter? It, I don't know. I picked it up on miniature market. <laughs> oh, okay. Gotcha. Uh, I picked it up on miniature market and, uh, once again, I just it looked interesting to me. So I said, what the heck? And it, it looks like it's uh, it's by Kaumik Boutreau and Amo Dastarak. And BYR Games is what it looks like. Uh, so I'm pretty sure it has to be a Kickstarter. Yeah, look, it certainly mm. looks... Oh, Grand Gamers Guild is on here, too. So oh, okay, yeah. They must have helped bring it to the States here. Mm, okay. But... Uh, yeah, I mean, it sounds it's it sounds like uh, I don't know. It sounds interesting. It sounds worth a play, the Belgian beers race. But uh, I will say though, it doesn't. I mean, it doesn't. It's missing some realism to it because I think like that public. Tra- they should have a part on the public transportation where you could still get on and be too drunk, but it'd be like congratulations, you just rode the whole line four times back and forth <laughs> <laughs> or something like that. Maybe. So that like, yeah. yeah, but uh, no, that's it. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. So it was fun, enjoyable. I don't know if I recommend it to anybody, but it was it was a good time. So okay. What yes. about you, Chad? What are you playing? playing? Well, it's interesting that you bring up the subject of uh, beer. We played a game together. We did. Yeah. Uh, this was a purchase that you really surprised me on uh, over a year ago. It's a Kickstarter. <laughs> really surprised Finally got this play. Huh? Yeah, we did nice. get this play. Yeah. Uh, 18 Dortmund. And we played the heat, sweat, and beer variant, which there's a lot of different variants. But this was kind of sold. It's it's from um, Wolf Wolfram Janik, I believe that's how you pronounce his name, and uh, Michael Schacht. It is a an 18xx game, but it was sold as sort of a very Euro 18xx game. And uh, so 18 Dortmund has a bunch of different variants in the box. They have an intro game. Then they have a railway game, which is for people who are familiar with 18XX. Then they have this heat, sweat, and beer version. And then they have the expert version, which we did not play with. But we played the heat, sweat, and beer version, and that was a lot. 
Um, there are some typos, misprints on the board and misprints in the game. Yeah, Cle- uh, Clef was really upset when his stock went up from 60 to 56. Uh, <laughs> he was <laughs> disappointed at that. Yeah, that was a pretty big thing right there. But, anyways, yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway... Uh, there, there's, there's some problems with the rules yet that aren't real clear. There's a fact on the BGG website, but what it is, is it is an 18 XX game where you are connecting to mines and steel mills, and then you are choosing to do that as one of your actions, kind of like creating a link from the, the lines that you're running your railroad to connect to those. And then when you're connecting to those, you get a card, a Capex card, basically, and that Capex card, you you burn it, basically. You get it out of the game. But that Capex card is basically called capital expenditures. And so uh, these Capex cards have two sides to them. They have the trains. So if you're in the railroad phase and you want to buy a train, you buy that card. And if you're in the brewery phase, because you're also running your own brewery, you uh, are are turning the card over and it has brewery equipment on it. And then you are able to, from a, a, a market, basically put beer on your brewery equipment and ship them out. There is a way to ship beer locally, and then there's an export market uh, way. And the way in the manual that it, you're do, doing locally is not very clear at all because it's it's much more abstracted than the way that they did the export market. And so it is... It's it's unclear. It's it's very confusing and not very intuitive, but it is I, I think interesting in uh, the way that the game works because, like I said, when you buy trains, you're buying those cards. Then when you create a railway link to a steel mill or a mine, symbolizing like the brewing in- industry catering to these uh, these small mines and steel towns. Uh, when you create that, you burn one of those cards out of the game. And then when you're in the brewery phase and you're buying brewery equipment, you use the other side of the card. So it really creates some interesting things going with the train rush. And you can go through those cards much faster than you would normally. So it's kind of like a multi-use card. And then with the expert variant, there's you know different powers that you can get with your brewery and minor expenditure cards and just different things that they throw in. It was interesting, and I think, uh, you know, Clef had said he found, rather than the stock market, because with this variant, now, if you play the railway game, it's like a 3D market, and you can sell stuff and cause people's uh, values to go down and stuff, whereas in the heat, sweat, and beer variant, basically, the only person who makes your stock go down is if you, the president of the company, sells off some stock, and it's a 2D market, so you're just kind of running along this straight line either forward or backward. And Clef said, you know, I'm surprised, but I think what's going on in the map is more interesting to me. Would you agree there? Yeah. It just felt like something was not quite right. It was something just didn't, didn't seem to gel. And by the time we even came close to doing the, uh, the export out of Dortmund, you know, the game was basically was, almost over. So I I don't know. Yeah. I definitely would say the other part was more interesting than, than that. Uh, this field felt a little bit more like, uh, you know, city of the big shoulders where there's not a lot more going on with the stocks or whatever. It was basically, you're just trying to double your price or whatever as best you can, but otherwise, yeah, nothing more. And you're right about that because the, this side of the map or the heat, sweat and bear variant is a, uh, incremental capitalization game. Whereas the other side of the map is more 1830 esque with the full cap 
full capitalization where you get all your money on the company right away rather than people buying into your company and putting more money on it and you giving them the stock for it uh, as you go. So it was it was interesting, um, but it was it was clunky and it was really hard to figure out that uh, that brewery mechanism, especially with the local market. And it, we were never quite sure if we were doing it right as far as meeting the market demands because you take stuff off. And I I found the third player to kind of deliver every time was really stuck because there was hardly yeah. any beer left in the mm. market. Yeah. So you really wanted to ma- manipulate turn order, but it was very hard to do because the person that had the best equipment was always getting to be first in turn order. So, and then you're, it, it kind of seemed to snowball. Now, I won't say that we played this correctly because we had a lot of questions about it, but it just seemed on first blush that it wasn't clear how to play and it wasn't, uh, it, it, there was sort of that almost like a runaway leader in the brewery mechanism. Gotcha. So I haven't, I haven't lost you, Clef. Is that right? No. Okay, good. Oof. No. <laughs> I was a little worried. No. You see what he's doing with Brockman? Yeah, with all these eighteen XX games yeah. online. Brockman he's, played with us, yeah, and and he was he's been he's been interested. We're playing Chesapeake online right now, and yeah, Brockman, if you get deep into eighteen XX, I will break into your house and steal Grand Officer Hotel as <laughs> agree. punishment. Agree. So that's going to happen. <laughs> I'll I'll steal whatever else he has left. <laughs> yeah, we'll just rob the whole house. Yeah, really. <laughs> yeah, we'll take it all. It was it was the most fun I've ever had playing an eighteen XX game. But I think that's just because it was so we were just having a good time yeah. and it wasn't very serious. And uh, I'll still say this, and, and I, w- I have said this every single time with an 18XX game. I still think that it is too slow to start with is what I don't like about it. Hmm. I don't know why to me. And now granted, we realized we made a mistake in the game, mm-hmm. and I don't know if that was just the heat, sweat, and beer, or if it was normal. But one thing I hate about eighteen XX is, all right, you've got everything, you've got all these stocks, you floated this company, all right, you laid some track, and oh, you don't have a train. I guess what? Now you have to go back on your stock price. Okay, now buy a train. It's like, why do we not start with being able to buy a train in the first round? And then I also think sometimes, why can't we lay like two track to start with or something, you know, kind of get it going, you know, as opposed to the slowness of it. And I'm sure there's reasons and I'm sure 18XX people right now are ready to just to punch me through the, the radio right now. <laughs> sometimes you can get in some games, you can get uh, more than one track lay. Certainly that's the case in 18MS and some other games too. And then the other thing that we didn't play right with this game was there were a couple starting companies that do get to buy trains right off the bat and we didn't catch that right away right right but i just think to me that would be i would enjoy that better at least if you know i just i just feel like there's just so much wasted and then this at least i felt like however was going on because of the the beer we weren't necessarily like there wasn't a point that we were like okay well, can't do anything more. So now I'm just running it for the exact same price. Up, oh, uh, doing it again. Up, oh, doing it again. We never got to that point. Okay, we were still good, working on things going on or whatever. So it was by far, I, Reggie, don't kill me, but I, I told Chad, <laughs> I said, I would actually be willing to play this maybe just without the beer part and just try it as a, as a normal game. And, you know, yes. I got to try to keep Chad happy a little bit. That's you know? true. We got to keep him around here. <laughs> All right. Well, Richie, talk about things that make you happy. What did you play? Did you play anything good? 
I did actually. I got to play uh, a game that actually was pretty hot last year, and that's Cascadia from uh, Randy Flynn and AEG Games, uh, which is it's a little like abstract game. It's basically like kind of in the same vein as uh, Calico. Right. So have you played Calico? I have it. Okay. Okay. But I'm really curious about this one because it seems like just everybody talks about it. So I want to get your impressions. Uh, it's a very solid little abstract game. Uh, the way that it works is that on your turn, so you start the game, you have this little, uh, what they call your your environment, and you have these habitat tiles, and you you start with a three-hex habitat tile, which they all have different terrains. Almost every one of them has two terrains on there. And on your turn, you're going to have an option of four habitat tiles and wildlife tokens that are matched up together. Uh, so the different wildlife tokens, uh, the main goal in the game is to score these different wildlife cards that are out there that are available i mean everyone can score them essentially uh, but it's different animals so bear eagle fox different things like that but there's i think four in the regular like retail version i think you get a few more if you got the kickstarter version of this uh, but you, you'll shuffle them up and you'll flip out one of each animal and then that animal will score a certain way so like the the bear that we had in our game it, it was basically like a mother bear with her two cubs, and she doesn't want any other bears around them. And that's how they score. And for every group of that that you had, where you had three bears adjacent and then no other bears around it, you scored like four points. So you're, you're going to be drafting these tiles on your turn, and then you're going to place them into your environment. And that's really it. That's how simple the game is, which I think is one of the reasons it's so popular is that there's, I mean, the rules overhead is very low. <laughs> on your turn, you're going to draft one of those tiles, place it into your environment, and try to score those cards. Uh, the only wrinkle, really, that's in there is that there are these nature tokens that you can turn in, and they allow you to draft. Because when you draft, you have to take the pair. So if you, you know, there's no messing around with that. Unless you have a nature token, then you can discard that, and you can take whatever wildlife token you want and whatever habitat tile that you want. Once every, once you go through the a stack of habitat tiles everyone is going to place 20 of them into their environment and then you'll everyone will just score so all the different terrains there's no rules as far as how you place your terrains other than they have to be adjacent to another tile in your environment but if you can link together a large uh, section of each type of terrain there's a you'll score a point for all the tiles that are in that and then if you are the person with the most, then you get another bonus on top of that. And then you'll go through and score all the cards. And then that's it. Whoever scored the most points wins. So yeah, it's a solid little abstract game that play, would play very well with the you know, family. And there's even a family variant to make it even simpler. Like if you want to play with little kids and stuff like that. But as far as gamers go, uh, with those scoring cards, it makes it interesting enough where, you know, trying to score all of them makes it a nice little puzzle trying to figure it out you thought that they're for you playing the game were still interesting enough decisions definitely cool. yeah i mean it's not it's your own little solo puzzle there's really no interaction is the thing right right uh, i mean you can hate draft i guess if you don't if you know someone wants this or there i mean there's times where like there's three wildlife tokens that are all the same animal you have the option at the on the beginning of your turn to wipe it so, I mean, maybe, you know, a little interaction there, but there's nothing like direct interaction where you're messing with someone. Right. You're doing your own little puzzle and you're just trying to score those cards. Uh, but it, like I said, it, I think it's a solid family weight game and I, I get why it's popular. Calico is, you know, it, it's interesting because I like that Calico is really 
to me, it's difficult decisions. You know, it's real tense because mm-hmm. you just, but what's interesting about it and may not be for everyone is the more you do, the less your decision space gets. Okay. Um, because you're trying to build around these. One of the things you're trying to do is build around these objective tiles on your quilt. And you can't just put them willy nilly anywhere. Mm-hmm. The, the, the space gets smaller and smaller as to what your decisions are and what you can do as you build out your, your quilt basically. And so, uh, it sounds like this is kind of almost the opposite. Like the more you yeah. build out, the more decisions, you have a lot you can more make. options. Yeah. You have a lot more freedom. Interesting. As you go. So. Yeah, uh, definitely worth a, a try if you get a chance to play it. And like I said, solid family weight game. Uh, yeah, so that's C- Cascadia. And I'll, I'll throw in here real quick. It also plays actually very well just solo. Since you're doing your own little puzzle, it has a nice little solo mode where you just the, the tiles kind of move off at the end of your turn. And uh, yeah, so I, definitely if you're looking just for a nice, easy solo game to play as well, that's another recommendation for Cascadia. Ah, nice. Well, because uh, Calico kind of plays that way as well, but... You're talking about solo variants. I'll tell you a game that I played uh, solo just recently, and it's a 2021 release, just like Cascadia was. And I have a feeling that it actually plays best solo, but I just played Hadrian's Wall. Oh, uh, is it a flipping right? Garfield Games. Yeah, or yeah. something right? Yeah, but it, it's really weird because it's not, you know, it's not like a lot of those flipping rights because you're only flipping one card at the beginning of a round. And then you have your own hand of cards. So... Real quick, uh, Hadrian's Wall is a, you know, something and right <laughs> X in, you know, uh, the pad. And these things are huge pads. I think this is the crunchiest and right game that I've played. And I, I think Fleet the Dice game comes uh, uh, as a second, basically. But this is from, like I said, Garfield Games and Bobby Hill, I think is the designer on this one. But uh, it's got a theme that Clef would really enjoy. Um, because you're basically building this wall, uh, trying to keep out the picks from attacking every year. So every year, your job is to kind of build and defend this wall that is going around your your area. And uh, so you are basically every year you're flipping over a card that is going to tell you how many resources you get. You get stones. All these are nice little wooden resources. You get stones, you get servants or slaves, basically. You get builders, you get citizens, and you get soldiers, okay? And you have to use them all for different things on these huge two-sheet things for your roll and write. And so you turn this uh, this card over that tells you what you start with with resources, and then you look down at your sheet, and you have some production spaces, which if you've already started Xing them off, those produce for you too. And then you just start going, and you're like, okay, I'm going to put a soldier here. He Xs this off, and another, I'm going to take this uh, citizen and train them so that they can become a soldier, and then I'll X this part off. Oh, that gets me a, a builder. Okay, I'll take that builder, and I'll use that with the stone, and I'll build this building over here, and then I'm going to go over to the theater, and I'm going to make a theater or I'm going to make the baths essentially. And then that gets me these special powers and on and on. And it's, it's fun. It's lots of comboing. It's really interesting trying to figure out where you're going to get stuff from and move stuff to, but it is totally a solo game. The only thing that is interaction is that uh, you have your own hand of cards as well at the beginning of the uh, round. And this plays over six rounds, by the way, or six years. And you are taking two cards from your deck and you're choosing one to go up uh, by your wall, which is a scoring condition for every year for different things like uh, most wall sections gives you this many points. 
and then the other one you are going to set off to the side to use for the resources that are on that card and for the trade goods. And the trade goods are like, they're numbered. So it's a set collection thing over in the market. If you've developed the market with Xing off certain things, then you can also write the number of the trade good. And the more different ones you have, the more you'll score at the end of the game. But the interaction comes where you can use another person's trade good, uh, but you do have to pay the a resource to do it. Now, in my mind, it's you're not doing that much because to look at somebody else's sheet and say, oh, I don't want to give them that. I mean, just because it's it, there's a lot. There's Too no much. way. Yeah, there's no way you're going to track it. Uh, there's also shapes uh, where you can scout. So if you've developed the patricians building, um, it's like a, te- a Tetris piece kind of thing where if you have built out the the patrician stuff, you can spend a, a stone or something like that. And you can go do a scouting action, which your card has a Tetris piece on it. And you can choose to X that out in this section of boxes, which gets you things as well. Or you can pay a resource to your, to your person sitting next to you and use their Tetris piece. Uh, but it's a very fun. Now it's not short. I would say I played it like three times and it was enjoyable every time, but it, it still plays on like the 45 minute range. Uh, now I will say you are definitely engaged the whole time, but I, I wouldn't be if I was playing with somebody else. Cause sometimes you have those turns where you've gone through everything and they still might be bonus, bonus, bonus. And there's no way this is not the type of game where you want to sit and watch somebody else do that until the end of the round, you know, Right, right. but it was for a solo game. If you like combo heavy rolling rights, if you're the person that really enjoys, like you played that, uh, Gonchung clever and you liked doing that, uh, back and forth on the on your own doing the solo game this is that times you know 10 and uh and very engaging and fun a, a nice way to pass the time i kind of did it while my family wanted to watch something and you know it, you know we all in the same room and interacting nice. so okay so that's hadrian's wall nice uh clef i'm seeing salty ocean over there yeah and I actually just randomly i was searching for games and that popped up and mm-hmm. i almost bought it myself so i'm a little curious about well, let me tell you about it then. All right. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, yeah, it's called Upon a Salty Ocean. Um, go ahead and cue in some, you know, <laughs> noises. There, there you Thank you, <laughs> uh, So what I was interested when I when I read about this game is when you take uh, an action, it will go up and then it, it costs you a certain amount of money and then it will go up more money for the next time that the action is taken. So in the game, there's four core actions, which are, you know, uh, traveling, navigation. Uh, There's the build action, which you do things in the city. There's uh, transportation kind of of the goods. And then there's like a market where, you you know, you can go to market or whatever. Um, So for instance, you know, so if you did a navigation action, it would cost you $0 to start with. And then it moves up to then costing $1. And then the next time somebody you know, somebody does it, then it will go to $2. And then the $3 and so on. Up to $10 is the max. Never even came anywhere close to getting something up to $10. But um, so I, I thought that was a unique thing. You know, I, I hadn't really seen that in many games where the action just kept kind of getting more expensive and more expensive and more expensive. Um, the other thing that's kind of interesting about this game, I just the, the two things I found the most interesting is, you can actually borrow, like you can go negative in your money. So like, for instance, let's say you're at like $6 
and the action cost you $7. You can pay that $7 and go into the negatives. And then, you know, let's say then the action made you $30, then you would just move right, you know, you'd move right back up. So it actually lets you borrow against it. Now, anytime you go into the negatives, you immediately have to pay a dollar interest. You know, you have to pay a dollar or, if you remain in the negatives after your turn, then you also get hit with a dollar, a negative dollar every single time that you are in the negatives at the end of your turn. So it was very, uh, so, okay. So that being said, those were the cool parts of it. Okay. However, the rest of the game, not all that exciting. Buy low, sell high, hmm. try to be the first, you know, like uh, at least, in a, and I only played it two player. Okay. So I've got to play in with my wife and um, you are, you start off with some salt cubes and you can actually sell salt, but you're obviously your main goal is to kind of go out to the ocean and turn it into uh, either cod or herring. And in a two player game, you were all, they didn't have the cod in it. So it was only herring. So it was basically kind of a race almost to see who could go out, get the herring and come back and sell it first because then the price would drop in the market, you know? So then it was like, who could sell the quickest? There were a lot of buildings that you could build that did different things that, that helped you out and were interesting, but I felt kind of like the game was just kind of on a basic rails. Like there wasn't besides the, the, uh, you know, the actions, but then it just felt like almost like a, as in a two player game, it was like, a, okay, well, we know we need to do these actions. So then it would just be like back and forth, back and forth, back and forth until it got to a certain price. And then, okay, okay, now we're done with that. Okay. Now we're going to go do this, you know, city, boom, 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 back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Okay. Now we're done with that, you know, and it just didn't, it didn't go what I was hoping when I kind of read what it was about. Um, now that being said, my wife and I both agreed I think it may be more interesting at a three or a four player count because there will be some more like, Oh, okay, well he did this. Maybe I'll go try to jump on this one. Oh, now I can't do that type of thing. I think it may be a little bit more interesting at a higher player count. I, I honestly almost think this box should say three to four players. Yeah. I it sounds like there mm, should even be a two player option. It sounds like it needs more. So I'm going to give a little bit, you know, to, I'm going to say TBD. All right. I'm not going to give it uh, a a full thought process without playing it at a higher player count. Interesting mechanics. I just, I just definitely will say, I don't think it's a two player game. Okay. Okay. Oh yeah. I'll probably stay away from it then. Since most of my plays are at two. So yeah. I mean, it was pretty cheap. I mean, I think it was only 20 bucks or something like that. It was fairly cheap. So it wasn't super expensive. Clef, I wanted to talk about a game that I played with, with Stephanie because uh, you had said that Missy had been getting more into polyomino games. And this is, I mean, this is a lightweight one. After you get done, I'm also going to tell you about a polyomino game that you can play with Missy. After Uh, both of you get done, I'm going to tell you about a polyomino game that I play with Missy. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Three-way polyominoes. Whoa. Yeah. We must be in Utah. All right. Go ahead, (laughs) Chad. Oh, I don't even know where that came from. Uh, well, you know, the master and and I think probably Stephanie's favorite designer, designer Phil Walker Harding, designed a 2021 release called Llama Land. 
Uh, and it's kind of a mashup, I feel like, of Baron Park and uh, Gingerbread House, the way I understand it. So you're you're basically building out your steps. You're taking polyomino pieces, and you've got a center board, and then you're building off of that. And when you build off of it, like just to the side with these polyomino pieces, you can then lay one of your four chits on a scoring card that says like, oh, I'm going to have the most llamas or, oh, I'm going to have the most of these kind of cards or, and, and if you're first place, you get this many points, you know, and you're setting it on there. Sure. Um, and then if you don't do that, you could build up. And if you build up, you have, uh, just like in Cooper Island, you have those wedges, uh -huh. you know? Yep. So you you have three of those. So you can use them wisely and kind of build up. And when you build up, if you can, from your resources, because when you cover up things on a tile like corn or potatoes or whatever, when you have four of a kind of those things, you can uh, feed a llama. So then a llama goes on like your steps, you know? You're the kind of the step country of building up. And uh, so then it gets harder and harder, obviously, to build up, but you can you can get l these llamas for points that you're grabbing off of the center of the table. Uh, so we just played the regular variant, but there is an expert variant where you could put your chit on a card and you can continuously interact for it, meaning like they're, they're gold, gold scoring cards. And so like if, if you did, oh, you know, have four or more llamas, well, suddenly it becomes have the most llamas. And so you can go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth for that. It's a very simple game, but it is... It's, it's fun. It's a good interactive game, uh, a good after supper game where, you know, like Stephanie does administrative stuff all day. And sometimes she's like, I don't want to have to manage five things or juggle five mm -hmm. things at once. And we still had very close scores. You know, she was taking stuff from me, so I couldn't score it in the end and those kinds of things. So it's a nice little uh, interactive, but fun, pretty lightweight uh, polyomino game. So for those that are interested in that sort of thing, and there are a couple different ways to play it, like I said, uh, yeah, I would I would check it out. It's from Lookout Games, I believe, and uh, Phil Walker-Harding. That's Llama Land. Well, it looks like some pretty nice components. I mean, yeah, looks, really looks chunky like tiles. Yeah, it looks really good. Decent little game. Yeah. I might just have to go order it. <laughs> All right. All right, Richie, what do you got for me? All right. Well, I, I played Mining Colony with Jessica. Oh, it's and a this Steve is, Finn game, right? Steve Finn game, yeah. Dr. Finn Games. Uh, also a 20, uh, 21 release as well. Uh, and it is, it's also kind of a dead simple polyomino game. So the way that it works is that you have your own colony board and you guys are, I mean, they don't say Mars, but I mean, you're basically building out a base on Mars essentially. And the way that it works is that at the beginning, there's three phrases to a, a turn. And at the beginning of a round, you're going to flip over these excavation cards. And you have a main board that has four different zones. And depending on the number of players, you're going to fill in from this card that you just flipped over the zones for the number of players. So in a two-player game, you're only going to fill in two of those zones. Mm -hmm. And they're going to be different resources. So they're going to be the, the polyomino tiles, uh, crystals, ships, or... Uh, your people, I can't remember what they call them in the game, but those could potentially be in each one of those zones. And then uh, you're both going to draw three cards at the same time out of your deck, and you have a, a deck of 12 cards. The game is 10 rounds. Uh, you're going to play at least one card every round. You'll draw the three cards, pick one of them, reveal, and whoever played the higher card gets to select the zone that they want, and they get to take those resources. And then you're going to add those to your board. So the, the tile, what you're trying to do is, one, fill in your board as much as possible. At the end of the game, any undeveloped space is negative points. And then 
the the crystals. You're trying to get the crystals so that they are the the same colors. And there, I believe there's I want to say there's four or five different crystal colors, and then there's three different colors for the ships and people. And what you're trying to do is you're trying to build these structures. Uh, and the way that you build a structure is that for the 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 science structure, you're trying to get two crystals that are one space apart that are the same color. And it's a race to do this. And it's also limited the number of structures that are available in the game, depending on the number of players. So in a two-player game, there's only one of each color for the science buildings. And then once you do that in a turn, if you are the first person to do it, and you and if there's a tie, like you, you both have accomplished it, it's whoever played the higher number, mm-hmm. gets to place that structure first. Uh, and then for the, there are three outposts in a two-player game. And those, the way that you create those is that you need to have one of your people in a dome and uh, one of your ships on the launching pad of the same color and same deal. One space in between them, and then you'll place that structure there. And that's really it. That's the game. Uh, and so you're going to play the 10 rounds. At the end of the 10 rounds, you're going to count up your points. Any resources that you have left over, I think, are worth a point. All the structures are worth two points. And then uh, the two cards that you have left over, whoever has the higher sum total of those, will score an additional six points. Uh, and in a two-player game, that's it. You just score the six points. If you're playing a four-player, uh, there is a second place as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's it. That's the game. Uh, there are ways that you can kind of manipulate uh, by discarding uh, resources or tiles to get these credits that allow you uh, just to, to overbuild on things that are on the board and stuff like that. But it's a dead simple game. Pretty easy to play and easy to teach for the most part. Okay. Sounds cool. That's Mining well, Colony. All right. Did Jess- Jessica like it? Uh, yeah, she did like it. I think... Two-player was fine, but I think it's, mm. it'd definitely be better with more. Mm. Just because you have more of those zones available to draft right. from. Okay. So, But overall, I mean, it, I think it, it works at all player counts, but I think more would be better. Okay. You both sold me. All yeah. right. I mean, yeah. Well, now you got to sell us. To... Yeah, tell us what you played. All right. For, well, back to the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't know why I got a fish theme going on. Yeah, but... you do. Um, the last game I'm going to talk about is called Public Market, and this Ooh. is from the designers. For some reason, of, I was thinking of that London Market game there for a second. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, that that's a different so game. Bad. Did How he make you be, play that? Were you yeah, we all three of us played that. Yeah. 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 So bad. Yeah, it was. It was. It was very, very, very bad. <laughs> so, um, so the game is called Public Market, and it's from the same three people who did Ten. Right. So Molly Johnson, Robert okay. Melvin, and uh, Sean Stankiewicz. And this is a, it's got polyominoes. It's got a whole bunch of lovely polyominoes with uh, fish and mm-hmm. kind of stuff all over it. And on, in this game, to start the round off, everybody will bid for turn order. And the way they bid for turn order is there are f- like four, I think it's four, there's five, no, it's five spots you can go to. And there's certain price that you have to pay to go to a spot. Like, let's say it's $4, but when you go there, you also get a scrap, which is a certain fit. You know, you can get a certain fish, depending on where you go to, that you also get to put on a little board that you get. And after you guys get done auctioning, uh, you can go to the same spot and you can actually pay more money to go before the person before you and everything. So very simple auction to see who goes first. But anyways, after that, then you're going to choose... When it's your turn, you're going to choose to go fishing or choose to go to the market. When you choose to go fishing, you will take a tile from under. There's a, a boat that moves around and you'll take a tile from under this boat 
And then it's once you can see there's all kind of weird shapes and different things in here, and you'll grab one. And then you'll place that on your little ice chest. In your ice chest, there's going to be a couple of ice blocks, so you can't place it on top of the ice blocks. And then there's a crab, and you're trying not to, to put it on top of the crab. You're trying to surround the crab because then you're going to get a little bonus. And then there's some shrimp on there, and you're trying to cover those up, and they'll give you little bonuses when you cover all the shrimp up. But So when you go fishing, you simply will take that tile, and then, like I said, if you got a scrap, you can also place your scrap. And you're trying to basically make the best, you know, like kind of fill in your ice box as best you can. So after you get done fishing, then it just goes the next round. And once again, you can either go fishing again or you can, you know, and eventually when you decide you're ready to go to the market, you'll go to the market. When you go to the market, you will basically have all the fish that you caught, you know, that you have from your ice box. And then there are some basically public and private uh, contracts that you can do. So one contract might say, you know, one cod and one uh, shrimp or whatever, not shrimp, but whatever the other things are. And you would get this card and it may let you permanently move up one of your tracks so that you always permanently have one cod. You never go below one cod. You know, you'll always start with one cod, things like that. And then the other ones are, will get you like you, you get to place and get bonuses and, you know, victory points and different things like that. Um, so you do that and then you'll get money for any leftover fish that you didn't use to do contracts. And then you'll also get money for every completed uh, either your best row or column on your thing. You'll get $3 per co column and that kind of gets you your money. And that's really all the game is. There's not a lot more to it, but I thought it was very enjoyable. I really liked it. I actually got to play it with my wife and my two daughters both played with me. I think uh, my birthday's coming up. So, of course, you know, I, I get to throw in the, it's almost my birthday. You have to play a game with me. <laughs> so they said, actually, I think my daughter wanted something. So that's why she said she'd play a game. Oh, nice. came along. So usually so, when I say that, the yeah. response is, well, it's not your birthday yet. Well, so. that's probably true. <laughs> no, I'm fairly sure she wanted something. So that's why she played with me. But so we played a four-player game and I thoroughly enjoyed it. I mean, it's fun trying to get the different pieces. There's some ways to manipulate to try to, you know, uh, you know, where I thought I was going to get a tile that was really good for my board and my wife did something to snake it away from me, you know, and she was very happy with herself. Uh, <laughs> very enjoyable. Like there's these shrimp bonus powers that you can get that do different things that were, you know, uh, you know anyways, but interesting, fun game. Uh, I liked the, I just liked everything about it. I, I thought it was very good. Myself, my wife and my oldest daughter were very like in it, you know, trying to win it to the end. My younger daughter, uh, there was a point there near the end where she was just like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> Checked out. Like she could, she had where she could have done a whole bunch more things like when they, because there's an end game trigger, right? And so we get to the end game and she's like, oh, cool, I'm done. I'm like, well, that's just the trigger. <laughs> you, still, you can still do these things. And she's like, no, I'm done. <laughs> so, but, uh, cause I, you know, I, I probably took us about two hours, I guess, with the teach. So it was, it was not a short game by any right, means. Right. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. sound like it. Um, but yeah, I definitely, this is one I would recommend. I, I really think they did a good job. And obviously these are the same people that did point salad too. So, yep. I mean, this is kind of a little more meatier than obviously point salad or 10, but so far everything they've done, I thought has been enjoyable. Good, good decisions in a, in a relatively, you know, light rule space. It sounds like. Yeah, absolutely. I That's mean, great. it was, it was one of those that I read the rule book and 
right then and there and was able to, you know, and just boom, we went right into the game. And, yeah, there was very few questions. Most everything was was very well laid out and, and easy to answer. And, yeah, I mean, it's pretty easy. Go fishing or go to the market and do your thing. So Excellent. Was, nice. It was excellent game. Yeah, definitely would recommend this one for sure. And that's, let's see, public market from, it looks like it's Talon Strikes Studios. So that's not who they were normally publishing with no because so. aeg did uh 10 and point salad right so, yeah but then again you know obviously there's a little bit a little bit heavier than those games so right. maybe they, yeah they did their own thing so cool Woo! that was a lot of games a lot of that games was a lot of games but, all right you know, well all good. right punch bunch have a good night we'll talk to you later <laughs> oh no still <laughs> got more your review yeah we got, got more <laughs> we got we got more and in fact we got uh we got more punch bunch uh we we have to say thank you very much to luke t for uh joining our patreon we uh, really appreciate everybody who contributes and even if you can't contribute of course because we know that that's not a, a thing that everybody can do we uh we thank you for retweets and you know likes and subscribes and telling your friends and all those kinds of things yeah. it all makes a difference and we appreciate it uh so thanks luke t and Luke thanks. T, a kind of he kind of that sounds like uh, it reminds me of Sean T, the guy who does insanity, <laughs> insanity workouts. Insanity. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe he does that on the side. You know, I, I put on some pounds over Christmas. Maybe maybe he, he does, give me a workout. Maybe he does board game workouts. Yeah, you know? ooh, all right. Ooh, there you go. You could there are a couple board games you can get a good workout with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Gloomhaven, you left that thing. <laughs> You're good right. to go. Yeah. Um, and you know, speaking of Patreon. We're not afraid to pimp ourselves out either. I would like to point that out. <laughs> there's been some. There's been some challenges on the Slack where uh, uh, people who are coming to PPCon have uh, have uh, decided that uh, maybe if we play some of the games that we usually purport not to like, yeah. that maybe they'll flip us a <laughs> that flip us a little Patreon come love. Back on, yeah, yeah. So I'm, like, uh, I'm sure. I'm Throw not it out sure. there. What the heck? You know, <laughs> we're not. You above, know. We're not above that. <laughs> Just real quick, uh, we'll do a quick update on PVCon. So we're rolling right along, though. We still got some rooms available for anybody who does want to still come out. Um, we we still you know we're still filling up um, relatively quickly, but we still got like we said we still got some rooms. Uh, really looking forward to everybody coming out. So it should be a great time. Like I said, if you have any questions whatsoever. Please let me know. Uh, we would love to see everybody there that we possibly can. I'm getting more and more excited as we go on. All right. Well, I think we're ready to do a little review action. Ooh, let's do that. Hey, Punch Bunch. Are you tired of having all your resources and chits all over the table? Well, do I have a solution for you? Magnetic hex trays from 3D Bitspace. They will keep your table organized and be a huge space saver. So head on over to 3dbitspace at etsy.com and order yours today. And if you mention Punchboard Paradise, you're going to get a free hex tray. Oh, man. It is hot down here. Man, these machines. It's just, oh, God. Hey, shut up down there and get back to work. Oh, man, that damn foreman has been riding me all day. I wonder what new machine they're gonna, these new engineers are going to think of next. I don't know why it matters. Every machine we build just seems to work for a little bit and then just, I don't know, corrode away. Man, you're telling me. Corrosion. <laughs> 
I swear there to God. multiple people in I there, know, but they all sounded all the same. same. And the fact that in this game, they're all female engineers. I know. I was thinking that too. What? <laughs> well, these aren't the engineers. These are the people. Okay, okay, okay. These are the guys, oh, okay, guys working the on the machines. Right, got okay. Got and it. they're talking about how. They all have the same voice. <laughs> well, if, you're, if your employees I mean, knew what you were doing in I your know, office. I keep thinking about him there all day. He's got like. He's got 10 sheets on his desk. And he's like, no, not that. Oh, yeah, that's better. That's better. <laughs> well, I didn't want to use my uh, little kid voice because I thought right, that might right, be, right. Uh, you no, know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Your employees are like, wow, I mean, the Christmas season's over, but he's really working hard at this. I know, right? <laughs> uh, I'm surprised right. the Southern right. German didn't work at the... <laughs> Moving on. All right, so Corrosion is a game by Stefan Bauer. It is published uh, by, well, originally by Deep Print Games, and then it's published by Capstone Games here in the States. Uh, art was from Dennis Lohausen. Uh, you play one to four players, plays in approximately 60 to 120 minutes. Uh, play will be over a variable amount of turns. On each of a player's turns, they have two choices. They can either play one of their engineers from their hand um, onto this wheel and then take the corresponding action after they uh, have played it, or they can crank what is kind of called their machine, or it's just kind of a, 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 I guess it's a square wheel. I don't think square wheel is really what I'm trying to say here, but a square thing. <laughs> but anyways, you crank it and then it will do different things. Um, when you play an engineer, like I said, you will take whatever the ability is and then um, you'll place that engineer if it's a depends on if it's like a one, two, three, or four onto your board, which has this spinning wheel on the square, I guess it is, on that corresponding spot. And then that's uh, and basically that engineer is used until you've cranked your wheel enough to kind of get it back. The other part that's kind of cool in this game, though, when you play the engineer, every other player has an opportunity to follow by playing the same color engineer, and there's different colors of engineers. They'll play the same color, but it has to be a higher value. And then they copy your engineer. So obviously it gets them kind of a bonus turn. Um, you're going to be doing this to be grabbing these things called turning machines, which go on your board that activate when you turn your machine. You're going to grab these one-shot buildings that make you have different special powers. And then you can also get these uh, other machines that are more permanent that go on your board that give you abilities that go along. Uh, you may also buy new people, uh, more engineers that are stronger and do different things. Um, so that's every time you play those. And then once you turn, like I said, kind of is, is an action, you turn this machine, then you activate a lot of these different things that go on on your board. Like you'll activate these turning machines, you'll activate some of those special machines you have. And then once you get to a certain point, um, where the arrow is pointing to, You'll either get to pick up all your engineers that are in that spot and you'll be able to use them again. But you'll also, when you get to certain areas where you have your machines and stuff, they break down, they corrode, they go away. And so you no longer have them. So it's a really interesting game where you're, you'll build your engine up and then all of a sudden, boom, it will kind of just be destroyed. And then you'll build your engine up and then boom, it goes back down. So it's kind of an ebb and flow as opposed to a normal game where you just start off slow and then build up and then you just keep going and going. Uh, you, like I said, the, the end of the game has multiple different ways that it kind of triggers with these special victory point things. When they run out, that triggers the end of the game. There's a couple other ways. Anyways, 
at the end of the game, then you add up all the victory points. Whoever scores the most victory points is the winner. And that's how you play Corrosion by Stefan Bauer, who, first-time designer. have not seen anything more from him. Oh, nice. I didn't know he was a first-time designer, no, but I yeah, I hadn't I hadn't seen or, anything from him anyway. Yeah, so uh, which uh, for a first game, you know, kudos to him. I mean, very very interesting game. Mm. So, um, so starting off always kind of the components and just kind of the iconography. Uh, Chad, what what did you kind of think when you first played this? I'm going to give this big bonus points because I love that all the cards that are engineers are women. I think that's totally cool and doesn't happen very much. And I, I love that. I, whether it was Lohausen's idea or Bauer's idea, I think that's great. More more of that, which is awesome. Uh, so I, I really enjoyed that. Uh, I will say too, I think, you know, the mechanism in the game of the way the, the wheel kind of turns and stuff like that, that all worked very well. I liked even that your little uh, sidebar upgrade machine thing kind of fit in a little triangle spot off to the off to the side of that wheel, uh, just a nice little touch there. Right. Um, I didn't think anything was like amazing, but it doesn't always need to be. It was just it was a very, you know, it was very workmanlike production that works well and serves the game well. Mm-hmm. Nice. Okay. Yeah, I mean it, and this is actually part of the reason that I mean this surprised me, just because when you look at that cover, I mean it doesn't really stand out to you, and when you look at the components, they don't really stand out to you. But after playing it, it is very thematic. Everything's brown and gray and rusty and and whatnot. But yeah, I mean it, it's a, a fine production. Yeah, uh, I'll I'll echo everything. I think it does a really nice job of of everything kind of fitting and everything feels really nice. Um, one thing that. I saw in this game, and quite honestly, I'm not sure it's 100% really necessary in this game, but it has a first player marker that's kind of a wrench, you know, so it has a little thematic. But on that wrench, it literally says, on your turn, you are going to do this or this. So if you were playing the game for the first time and, you know, you got handed that first player marker, it would say, hey, here's what you do. Now, I'm talking for future games. This would be not a bad idea for games that, you know, oh, you've got these 10 options. If it just, you had a little placard that you passed around is okay, it's your turn. Hmm. It would be a thought. I liked that. I thought that that was something I'd never seen before where they like literally printed what you do on your turn on the first player marker that passed, you know, and it passes around from person to person, which it's actually kind of important to pass that around. Because with those follow actions, you can kind of get lost sometimes on whose turn. Yeah, whose turn it actually yeah, is. Yeah, you know, almost like in the gallerist where sometimes you get lost on whose turn is it because, you know, you're doing, you know, extra actions or whatever. So mm-hmm. uh, I think for the most very solid design. Um, I don't, I think there's actually a higher quality copy that you could get that had like metal gears. Oh, the metal gears, gears and, and stuff, stuff like that. Yeah, there. probably. Yeah. Uh, not necessary in my opinion, but. You know, if that's something you like to bling your games out or whatever, that would that could be an option. So, did you you learned it from the rule book, right? Because you taught us the first time. Yes, I sure did. Uh, how was the rule book? Uh, the rule book is very good, uh, solid. Uh, it's very well laid out. The examples were very good. There was only one little minor thing that I missed when I first went through it, and not the rule book's fault. The rule book is clear on it. I just missed it when I first played it the first time. Uh, just as a two-player game, I thought when you played an engineer, if somebody followed you and played a higher number, they just simply got to then do their engineer ability, which was like super good because obviously the the higher numbers are better abilities. I missed the fact that it was, and in fact, it didn't dawn on me until 
there's, like I said, there's multiple different colors of these engineers and you're trying to play the same color of them. Well, there's one that's a, f a four, just the number four, and it has all multi uh, colors, so you can use it for any color, and it has no ability on it. And so when Brian and I, first time I played with Brian, Brian's like, so what does that card do? And we're like, I don't know. And so then I go back and I was like, oh, we're just copying the other person's, you know. So like I said, I'm just, that was my fault, really. I think the rule book really, really well laid out. So I, I yeah, they did an excellent job. Much better than, uh, you know, once again, I, I hate to bring up coffee traders, but coffee traders should have a rule book that is like this as opposed to a rule book that is, you know, trying to be fancy or whatever. I think they did a good job with this. Yeah. Uh, well, let's just get into gameplay. So, you know, Richie, this surprised you. Uh, why did it surprise you? It did. You? I, I like the whole your engine falling apart on you. Uh-huh. Uh, well, I mean, once it, one, it works thematically with it, but I there are a lot of games where you, once you get your engine built and it's running, you, you're in, you know, just autopilot at that point. Yep. And the, you don't oh. really have to think that much. Right. Oh, made another $180. Yep. All right. Move my stock up two spots. You know, okay, I'm done. Yep. Yeah. We're in this game. You're going to, you'll make a couple moves. You'll set up your engine and you really need to be planning ahead because in a couple turns, that's going to all go away. Right. And it's going to fall apart. So I, I like that. I like that having to keep everything together until you get to the end of the game and, and hopefully you've scored enough points at that point. Right, right. I, I even like the fact that those uh, there's like three special actions that you can activate on your player board. Yeah. And they have so they have different, like, uh, I don't know, tops to them or whatever, so that they have yeah, the different machinery. I like the fact that you might have a really cool ability but you want to keep buying these because they're worth victory points and, you know, and other things that you might want. You might even have to cover up a special ability that you have at some point in the game and change it into something else. I like that. So it's like, oh, this is really cool. Now, now, now I've lost it. You know, I can't use that one mm -hmm. anymore. I liked the upgrade part because I, I like in games where you get to upgrade things, uh, you know, actions to your board and stuff like that. The one thing uh, that was kind of a, a little bit of a downer for me is that it didn't have the arc that I wanted, the sense of escalation I wanted just because it does have those ebbs and flows of your, of your, of your machine kind of falling apart. Uh, I, now there are other games I like that do that. Like for instance, London, you know, if your city gets too big after a while, you're going to have a whole bunch of poverty. So you're going to have to start covering that up and work backwards again. I like, for some reason, I like how the arc of that game works and it didn't, it didn't feel as long as this did too, because a lot of times it felt a little bit long for me when we were building up and, and tearing down and building up and tearing down, building up and tearing down. But I will say I do like that upgrade. And sometimes you would get, uh, machines to put on your, your bar there, uh, that were interesting and, and could could get you going a little bit. So I, like I said, I always like when the game has a sense of upgrading your actions. That's always interesting to me, especially when it's different from what other people can do. Yeah. I would agree that for, cause I mean, you're taking a lot of micro turns. Yeah. It, the game seems longer than you, what, what you actually want out of it. Possibly a little bit. Our, our second game went much faster than our first game, but I remember our first game, it seemed like it overstayed it. It's welcome mm -hmm. the first game, just a little, a little bit. bit. Yeah. yeah. And obviously you are, as the players, you are pushing the, the game speed mm -hmm. because it does have to do with those white victory points. There's like some special white yes. victory points. 
And every time you make a round, a full 360 with your wheel, you're always going to get one of those. And then there's when you buy those other machines, you're also getting more of those and, and doing that. There are a few ways to get ones from like those one shot machines too. But right. so I think that it that's like if you got if people are maybe like they're not buying a lot of the special buildings because they like their powers or something. Then it could last it for a while. It could, yeah, kind of or you maybe you're not doing as many turns, you're playing almost your whole hand before you put them out, you know, you put your uh, you know your engineers until you turn that can dictate the speed of the game. Mm. So, but if you because if you're going the opposite way, it may feel a little fast. Yeah. Yeah, and so I I feel like and I do like games where players have the agency to choose how to end the game or when to end the game. But I I felt like uh, in some of my plays, even though I would want the game to move fast, sometimes other people would snatch up things you know those, those special machines and stuff but it wouldn't always they wouldn't always be coming out the way that uh, i wanted them to because not all of them have that that thing to get the point the white point scoring thing yeah right? it's just those special ones up yeah. at the top yeah mm-hmm. so um, yeah i mean i i really like the fact that you have these engineers that all have these different special abilities and i like the fact that the higher numbers when you play them it's going to take you longer to get back to pick them mm. up again. So it's like you can't just keep playing your most powerful ones True. over and over and over again type of thing. You've got to kind of that's so you got to buy new ones and then you kind of try to have to at some point you're like, okay, I got to take a couple of turns just to crank my wheel. Even sometimes you may not be getting all that much out of your wheel but you're just looking at least to get back to some of those engineers to do stuff. That one reminded me actually that mechanism. And I love games where time is a resource that reminded me a little bit uh, of barrage where you have to put your workers on that wheel and turn and wait for them to get back around. And those, and the, and the building those more powerful uh, buildings or, or, or things out on the board take longer sometimes to, to crank it around and, and that sort of thing, or you have to put more on to get them back. Um, I, I guess, me personally, I kind of enjoyed that engine a little bit more, but I liked that it was kind of like that. That time as a resource is always interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I like the fact that the one of the main mechanisms of scoring lots of victory points are these in-game kind of contract type of things, and you actually have to do one of the special machines the one-shot machines to be even able to get one of those in-game contract things. And then you can almost kind of specialize where they actually have two of the same type. So it might be like all of your, and, and one of the mechanisms in the game is you use this water that it, or steam, you know, and when it's steam, you can use it for stuff and then it goes down to cool and you have ways to heat it back up. One of those in-game things might say, Hey, if you for every steam that you have that's hot at the end of the game is worth four points or something, you know, mm. and you get both of those and you could just concentrate on trying to get more steam, you know, type of thing. So I like the fact that it lets you kind of maybe do something a little different than one of the other players too, uh, to to you know to specialize kind of type of thing. So how do you feel about how they come out though? Because it it's a little random and you could just get screwed and never have the opportunity to to buy it. True. Uh, that is a possibility. Um, I mean, I've never played a game where, you know, you totally could get shut out of them. You do have the ability to use your steam as one of the things to like yeah, to, to move to those and, and try yeah. to get one. I so, think our last game, Chad was the one who kind of got screwed. Yeah. Cause I think yeah. I bought I, me and you bought up most yeah. of them and yeah. I, I don't think he got a crack at one until we had like reshuffled yep. the, reshuffled the discard pile into. Well, I mean, again, I guess I would just say play better. So yeah, 
Yeah. That's true. Yeah, Chad, so, play better. Okay, okay. thanks. <laughs> um, I, you know, I can see that maybe you could get totally hosed on that, or maybe that it came out on player A's turn. Player A bought one. Player B then buys one. Player C then buys one, and the player D goes, "Okay, I'm, I don't even have one to right, get." Right, right. Because you don't add or remove any of those from the number of players. I mean, yeah. they're mm-hmm. all that is all the same, no matter how many players. So obviously, in a two-player game you're not going to have a hard time trying to get them at all where in a four player game, that could be a possibility. So, um, no, I've won the game yeah. with just taking one, but yeah. I mean, definitely if you get more, it's easier it, to score. Yeah, and higher I think points. there's, yeah. there's a sense of escalation there a little bit too, yeah. as you do that. So yeah, for sure. So, um, so replayability variability, let's kind of, let's just kind of talk about that. And overall, I mean, I don't think, variability is going to be there because it's basically all the same machines. Even there are a lot of those special, you know, I keep calling them the special machines. I can't remember exactly the, the it's just called the, machinery, wasn't it? the machinery or whatever. Those have a lot of different abilities on them, but they don't feel like they make a lot of, you know, huge necessarily difference in the game. There are some that are really cool. Like one will say you can ignore the color when you go to, um, to follow, which is obviously really, really nice because then you don't care what colors they are. Um, then there's, you know, so there's, there's some different ones, but I don't know if I feel like the, like it makes a ton of variability. No. I, I mean, when you first get the game, you're going to get a fair amount of plays out of it. Uh-huh. I would say, cause there's a, and it's advanced Chrome machines, advanced Chrome machines. Okay. Um, there's a, a lot of ones that you can play with and you're not going to get that many and you're going to be replacing them throughout the game. But like I had that one that allowed me to take my one shot like contracts and move them as soon as they were done, move them directly to whatever space I was at right. and then complete them right away. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of powers that you can play around with, but I, you're going to go you're going to see them all you know, fairly quickly, but I would say that you would still get a, a fair amount of plays out of it before you got tired of it. Yeah. I, I have nothing to add. I mean, I, I think that there, there, there's, pl- there's enough in the game that if you enjoy it, you have, you have uh, some stuff to, to look at and work on as far as, you know, putting together your puzzle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I think the variability is enough to start with. I don't think this thing has, you know, 20 plays in it or anything, but no. I think it has four or five good solid plays and with a good enough variability in the sense of the game that I think it gives you that replayability, but the actual game is going to be basically the same type of game that you're going to be playing every single time. Player count. You know, I didn't play this at solo, but because for me, I know we did talk about people snatching stuff up and that you can follow people, but honestly to me, it felt a lot of heads down uh just me personally it felt a lot of heads down so i'd be curious uh what the solo variant was like it looks like it's just a beat your own score but i I think because uh like i said i was frustrated at some of the lengths of play and some of that kind of stuff that i I, i'd be curious to how the solo game plays and i'm sad that i didn't get that in but you know right right all my plays are at three uh, which I, I like that player count. And once we knew the game, I felt like it went fast enough. Uh, did you play at any other player counts? I, I, I played it at all. I played okay. well. I didn't obviously play solo. That's that's Chad's job. Um, I played it at two, three and four. And I think it has uniqueness at, at all of them. However, I thought because I played it like the first couple of times I played it at two player and I thought, oh, wow, 
when we get into like the three and the four, the follow thing is going to be so like crazy, you know, and it didn't feel that much different. Like it was still like, uh, you, you don't do the follow thing as much as you maybe would think you would to start the game off with. Cause either you just don't have the opportunity or quite honestly, you're like, Nope, I'd rather use my person to do my action than to copy yours. Uh, so I didn't feel like the player count changed it as much as I thought it was going to. I didn't mind I didn't mind it at three. I didn't mind it at four, but I also didn't mind it at two. I felt like I'm still was playing the game, running my engine. I would say there's kind of this is I would call it about a 70-30 of 70% you're just staring at your own board and don't care what anybody else is doing. 30% of there's a little bit of, oh, well, I need to get to that one shot or I need to get that turning machine or maybe I want that engineer, you know, oh, before my opponent gets it. Okay, so maybe I'll play this before them. Or, ooh, I know my opponent could copy this and it's a really good card. Maybe I'll wait for them to use that number and then I'll play it later or something. There is a little bit of interaction, but minor. This is not going to be, you know, this, this is not a major interaction type of game. So like I said, maybe even 80, 20, something, something on those lines, I would say. All right. Well, I mean, time to rate this. Let's just rate this baby and, and uh, put it to bed. So Punchboard paradise. We rate on a six point scale with a one being a game that makes you miserable and a six being a game that could be in your top 10 of all time. Chad, Chad, what do you think of corrosion? Well, so this feels like to me a game that Rada would really like. I have no idea what he thinks of it, but it feels like a game that Rada would like in that it is an engine builder and it is, like I said, it feels like it has some multiplayer solitaire and where there is some interaction, it's very positive because I can piggyback off of you. Now, again, you could take something that I might want, but there are a lot of options out there generally, unless we're talking about some of that end game stuff, uh, or some of that uh, scoring stuff that we had talked about earlier. Uh, it's not a theme that I care for, although, like I said, I appreciate the inclusiveness of it. It's not, uh, it doesn't do engine building or even tearing down in the way that I was hoping it would. And the, the, the time mechanism, although interesting, uh, I've seen implemented in other ways uh, that was more to my liking. And at the same time, I never look down at the end and really uh, take pride in my engine. It's not one of those games where you look down at the end and say, yeah, but look at this thing I built. Uh, so for me, this game is a two. It's something that I don't really care to play anymore. Um, and it, it just wasn't that enjoyable for me. Um, if somebody brings it out, I'll, I'll, I'll request to play something else. I wasn't miserable, but I just, it, it was very meh for me. Uh, so I'm going to give it a, a two. Wow. wow. <laughs> See, I thought you liked this slightly more than Imperial Steam, but yeah, but yeah, I know you didn't like either one of those all that much i i will say i liked and appreciate like i was frustrated at myself and at my play in some of the instances of imperial steam and it is very unforgiving but i appreciated imperial steam as a design a lot more uh so that's that's where that comes from and i can kind of for me personally i i you know in my ratings there i'm, I'm separating the appreciation of the design versus my plays of it let's say hmm. okay all right Want me to go? Or you, sure, you go, you go ahead. No. <laughs> and shell shock right now. <laughs> um, 
like I said, I, I love the, the your engine falling apart on you and you just trying to patch it all together and get across that finish line. Uh, I, I really enjoy that part of the game. Uh, the, the, it doesn't have the legs, though, that I think over, you know, sure. like like we said, 20 plays. It's not sure. going to hold up to 20 plays. No. So for me, it's that it's that high four. And I know I think it was Matthew in Slack that was saying, oh, I'm surprised you guys are positive on this because there's a lot of people that didn't like it. As far as my top 10 for the year, like none of those would make my top 100. But I think Corrosion's a solid game. Like I said, it's like that 4.5 range. So I'm, I'm going to give it a four now because in a year, if it doesn't get additional content, it's just going to fall back to that four. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm going to come in at a four. Okay. Uh, well, I've, I've gotten six plays of this game in and I have enjoyed all of those plays. I, like I said, I enjoyed it at the two, the three and the four. I think it's got a very interesting building of that machine and then it tearing itself down. I think it's very interesting on the the different engineers that you get with the different abilities. I feel like there's different ways to win. Now, that being said, I will kind of, I'll definitely agree with Richie on I feel like it's probably going to be a while before I play this again and possibly in a year's time I'll say, oh, yep, haven't played it again since, you know, uh, the initial review." But that is the way with me with a a lot of games. You know, I mean, they come out. I really enjoy them. I play them a lot. And then, you know, they kind of go the way of the Dodo Bird. But I still have really enjoyed my... And if I'm going to play a game six times, I'm enjoying the game. And I like it. So I I really, really want to say that this is a five. But I'm going to say it's a four. All right. It's a very high four. And I don't think that even in a year's time, if somebody said, Hey, you haven't played this in a year's time, I still think that I'm going to be at a four. So I'm, I'm comfortable giving it that four. Um, it's a game. If you like Euro games and ones that, you know, your opponents aren't going to be doing a lot of messing with you. I think this is a good game. I think that you would enjoy it and I would recommend it. So, uh, but for me, it's going to come in at a four. It's close though. It's real close. It's close. I mean, it's close. There you have it. Fours for Richie and Clef, and a two from the mean Chad. That's Woo. corrosion. <laughs> Chad doesn't give out games. many twos. No. No. I know uh, Joe did that breakdown, and I, he, I know he yeah. gave out the least amount of twos, for sure. Yeah. Well, I think it's time for us to go back to BGG. All right. Let's top visit 100. that top 100. Okay, so our next game on our list, number 69, is Race for the Galaxy. Hey, that Woo-hoo. was uh, all my, game. my board court. Yeah, your board court. Yes. <laughs> 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 it's a game that you can't. Do you still have it or did you get, nah, get rid of it? I think I got rid of it yeah. finally. Yeah. I just, yeah. That's no, such a classic. I don't. Yeah, just, but I just wasn't going to play it. Yeah, so that's fair. That's fair. If you're not going to play it. it. Yep. Uh, I mean, I played a lot online. I do not own a copy. I have the I have the app, and then I play online a lot. But I have not bought a copy just because. I mean, that's where I'm going to play it. Right. I have a copy with three of the expansions. So, and I I like to get it out and play it sparingly. I mean, I I haven't played it in a while. It's it's fun to play with new players, but it's also a, a teach nightmare sometimes. Yeah. yeah. So, right. and with both roll and race, I'm not 
the expansions, some of them are, I mean, basically both of them, I like the goals that you can throw in, and then that's that's about it. I've yeah. played with all the expansions, but none of them are fantastic. Yeah, and that, and some of the earlier ones are less interesting sometimes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I think it would just be a three for me. I mean, I'd play it if people brought it out and said, hey, I really want to play this, but it's not anything I'm seeking out to play at this point. I'd give it a five. It's a fantastic game. I'm with Richie on that one. Okay. Five. Uh, next one is The Voyages of Marco Polo. So, obviously, we just had our previously played with The Voyages of Marco Polo 2. And mm-hmm. talked a lot about that. Um, this is definitely one of those games that used to be a lot higher on my top 100. It's probably sunk down a lot. Um, but I still think it's a very good worker, dice worker placement game that has fun player powers. Definitely, yeah. It's one that, you know, when I play it, I'm happy. Uh, but mm-hmm. I'm, I do not think of it anymore as much as I did right. when I'm not playing. Like, right. hey, let's get this out sort of right. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah, but if somebody plunks it on the table, like, oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. let's go. I yeah. definitely would have to have some some expansions to play it. Like, if somebody said, I right. just want to play the base game, I'd be like, ooh, no. that's, we need at least a couple of the things to make it a little more exciting. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Uh, I mean, I would still give it a five. I still think it's an excellent game. Yep. I mean, I'm so. right there, too. Five. Fives across the board. All right. Next is... Fields of Arl. We still have never played the three-player version no, of this. No. And I have it all. You haven't either at all. No, and I have three. that nice insert that uh, Ryan made for me, which is beautiful. I love Ooh. it. And Ooh, it, and it does let me get it out because like the solo game is kind of interesting in that because they have on BGG, they have different solo uh, variants mm-hmm. for it. Or, or like solo challenges, challenges I guess yeah. I should say, that they yeah. were doing every every month, basically. Uh, so they have that. And then, I, you know, hey, man, what a great two-player game. I, I'm interested in how it plays at three, but I wouldn't, I'm not sad that I haven't yet. I'm just curious. Well, I got to get 50 plays of it in this year, so. Oh, wow. That's a, why is it that? Is it on your top 50 or something? No, that was one of my, uh, you did not listen to the you show? You not listen to him? <laughs> Sometimes. That was one of his things. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes not. I'm, I'm doing a four by 50, and that's one of the. Oh, the that is one of the four yeah. by 50. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's great. That's great. So I'll, yeah, get, we'll, I'll play with we'll you. We'll have to do the three-player game. Yeah, I'm down. I'm, I'm up for it. I, I mean, if anything, I at, at PPCon, I'm going to play the three-player game. There with, you with go. Someone. There you Whether go. Whether you're there or not, I don't care. Uh, I, I, besides maybe our game of Terraforming Mars, I'm not playing anything. <laughs> Get the tea um, and trade. The Frisian tea is... Uh, yeah, the expansion's great. Yeah. That's great. All right. Um, just based on its two-player, I would give it a two. I don't like it. I'm bored with it. I don't enjoy it. It's just not for me. I'm so. at a four. Oh. I'm at a six. It's one of my favorite Ooh. Rosenbergs. Wow. There we go. Wow. And people say that we agree on everything right there. Two, four, six. <laughs> All right. Who do we uh, appreciate? The next one is not a board game. It is, should not be in here. <laughs> and this is where you take your finger and you flick a disc. In your eye. And you might as well flick it in your eye. Uh, I will say I did enjoy every once in a while at Age of Steam Con just flicking around. I was going to say, Agents, Age of Steam Con turned me around completely on Crokinole. I, I almost feel like we need to have a table with just like a board. I've, just I've been for, looking for at people at PPCon. I've been know, looking so. at a board. I, I so. have a board. So, okay, yeah. yeah. Well, now yeah. we just need the little table. So, that, yeah, you know, yeah. there you go. Out really nice. <laughs> it just has it. Uh, well, anyways, Crokinole. I mean, I know a lot of the Punch Punch love this game and play yeah. a, a ton. Um, I don't know. It just is. It, I, it's like not I said, a board I, game to me, but that's just me. So. It's a dexterity game. It's a dexterity game. game, yeah. I understand, but it just, it's, I don't it, know. There's a board. 
It feels and like it's a, a game. <laughs> I understand what you're saying. Yeah. It just doesn't feel like we're talking Marco Polo feels of our, and now it's, oh, here's a game where you take a disc and you flip it into a hole. You know? Well, see it, what, honestly, it feels like a bar game to me. Like it feels like yes. you play darts yeah. or yeah, you play. Like you, darts yeah. is not yeah. on here. You know yeah. I mean? I, I get know. that, That's but I, I, but you know what? It's in the BGG top 100. I'm going to give it a four because I have a board. It's not a very good board. I probably would like the game better with a better board, but I, you know, I will play it occasionally. I got a friend of mine who doesn't play board games hardly at all, but as a woodworker, he's like, I'm going to make that. And he made one. <laughs> he just made one. It was yeah. awesome. And uh, it took him like two tries, but his second one is, is, awesome and they for a while they played every night so yeah it, it is a good game i don't know how you want to classify it but it is a fun game and it's fun to play sometimes with partners too you know like if you have a card a group who gets together and play cards if you had a crocodile table you know you get together and every once in a while yeah. flick that around with partners fun. before age of steam fun. con i probably would have given it a three mm-hmm. but i've been looking for a board after playing a, a game with it it's like a five. It's like for a dexterity Woo! game. It's All a right. five for me. All right. It is a flat one. For me. <laughs> He's miserable. I, I don't like it. I don't even. I mean, it was. I'm joking when we, you know, we were at Age of Steam Con, you know, I yeah, was yeah, flipping yeah. her, but I literally would rather have been playing Age of Steam at all points. I do not enjoy no, we, it. I, I do like the partner game. I, yeah, that yeah, I don't enjoy yeah the that's when it's game. fun. I don't enjoy flicking the disc. I don't enjoy how much it hurts my fingernail when I'm done. <laughs> oh, you're flicking it's, too hard. It's just a, not, it's just a little push. I, whatever. I don't, I don't care. Don't. I don't like it. I, it's, it's. I think I I think you could use some finger dexterity. There, you really, no, I don't. You need to work on so that. You do little exercises. Yeah, exactly. Can I? Rate I got it? some PT exercises <laughs> for you. <laughs> if I could, if I could rate it a zero, I'd rate it a zero. You can rate it a zero. Yeah, I'm rating it a zero. Wow. No desire to ever play the game. Clef would ever. rather take a walk in nature than play. <laughs> that is about the truth. I, you, you're wow. not that far off. That is saying a lot. You are not that far <laughs> off. Okay. All right. So our last game or this uh, top five here is going to be the Quacks of Quedlinburg. Oh, this thing blew up big when it first oh, came yeah. out. I, I mean, it's still big. They just released their third expansion for it. Everyone has those uh, geek bits, which are, I mean, like three times the price of the yeah <laughs> of the actual game. I still haven't gotten those because I don't play any game enough to do that, you know, to wear them out. And I, so we've played a bunch. I, I buy a lot of geek bits, even if I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I bought the geek bits for uh, the crypto. Oh Very my gosh, what the heck is wrong with you? <laughs> How do you what know there were geek yeah. bits for that? It what? just replaces the the tokens that you... Oh my God. The communication tokens. Richie. You just bought 10 games you don't even <laughs> want nor need. <laughs> oh man. All right, all right. I don't even know, but it Fair sounds point. like that decrypto uh, that decrypto geek bit set was probably mm-hmm. like four or five bangs. There. <laughs> so I don't know what I would do. I, you know what though? Uh, I, we really like this game at my house. Uh, if you have kids, I think a pusher luck game is kind of a must it, around the household because kids like to play with their parents, especially their parents like try to go all in and you know, and then you bust and that's mm-hmm. real fun. And I actually get apoplectic sometimes when I pull like the six. On my seventh, on my seventh pull, I pull the sixth cherry bomb out of my bag. I just get real, real frustrated. But my son loves that, and the new expansion where you're treating certain maladies and stuff like that. Yeah, I is, really like that. Yeah, that's super fun. So you know, I haven't played just the base game in a long time. All my games have either been with the herb witches or with 
combination of both of those for the uh, with the latest expansion. So base game, I don't know. I don't know if I would play it just straight base. Uh, maybe if there's a non gamer at the table that wants to play, but right uh, with the the expansions, it's it's good. I think uh, I, I I think I would give this game maybe a four, maybe a four trending towards a five just because the family really likes this game and i think warsh is has designed some really good games i I heard his by the way i heard he has a really good expansion coming out for taverns of tiefenthal if if you like deck builders i say i'd rather just play quacks yeah like that there's there's so many pieces to set up and whatnot okay um but yeah four for me as well jessica would i know would give this a six i think it's one of her favorite games Mm. now is this lower than crokinole for you no. No? <laughs> no? no. I don't think there'll be anything on the top 100 that's lower than Crokinole for me. Um, I remember the first time I played this, I was like, oh, this is really fun. This is enjoyable. And then I played it for a second time, and I was like, okay, it's you know, it's kind of the same thing. And then I played it for a third time, and I was like, I will never play this again. And that has happened. I have never played it again after my third time. I've never played it with any of the expansions, so I have absolutely no idea what they do. I didn't look into it. It just felt very the same. I mean, and it was just, I to me, if I'm going to play a pressure luck game, and Port Royale is, is the game that I'm going to go play that's a pressure luck that I think is much better and I enjoy it much more. I I see why people like it, but it's just not anything. I have no more desire to ever play it. I'll give it a two. Yeah. I mean, you definitely need the the expansions, I think, too, because they do mix it up at least. I can't I can't say anything on the expansions. I have no idea. Don't even know what they do. So Okay. Well, there we go. Uh well that was not a good top five for me. Man. Yeah, that, that was, was painful that for was, you. Yeah. Was, it was grouchy clef coming out. Man. <laughs> Crokinole. It's not a board game. <laughs> Get off it's my darts. Line. It's it's just like darts or board? you don't see pool on here as a board game. There's a board, and I would say it's the, the nicest board out there. It's nicer than any board. Uh, have you seen these my other Julius Caesar beautiful play mat that I have? That's not a, it's technically a, a neoprene mat. Get out of here. I'll <laughs> tell you what, Punch Bunch. I'll tell you what. If you want to come to PeePeeCon and you want to pledge to our Patreon, Clef will play Crokinole whoa, with whoa, you. Whoa, 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 right? whoa. Right? Don't you think that, that, think, yeah. that's what he said I, at the beginning of the episode? There we go. It? That's true. I, I said I for pretty... a board game, yeah. So I'll play Terraforming Mars, but I ain't playing no Crokinole. <laughs> the fact that he's willing to play a three to four hour game yeah. instead of a 15 minute game. Yeah. Well, you know, sometimes numbers are a strong suit and sometimes not. Uh, but hey, Punch Bunch, you know, that's a lot of games. That's a lot of talk. Uh, hey, Buckle in, because I'm not going to get into it right now, but I've just been told what we're doing for our 100th episode. We're going to sign off now because this is the <laughs> no, really prepare them. for that. Let's tell them. Yeah, uh, let's tell them. It, let's tell them. It, it's crazy. Wait, what, what would you do for your 100th episode? <sighs> I mean, it's 100. It's 100. So you should probably talk about your top 100 top 100 ah, man i'm gonna have to bring my sleeping That's bag to right. in the entire episode and look the guy who pushed top for this is the guy editing it yeah. That's a insane. i even said i would timestamp. Yeah. oh my god! and gosh. i'm saying that out loud now because i know when i start editing it <laughs> i'm not gonna want to do that so you got but i gotta you, put you it gotta on paper it out there okay. <laughs> I gotta throw it out or there. he's it's cutting it from this episode or i might be <laughs> editing this episode. well so, there you go so, stay tuned for yeah. that in the meantime, punch punch. Six-hour episode coming. <laughs> punch punch. Be good to yourselves. 
please be good to each other. All right, everybody. Have a great night. Thanks for listening. Punchboard Paradise would like to thank our loyal listeners as well as the publishers and designers that have provided review copies. You can find us at punchboardparadise at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at Punchboarders. We are on Instagram at Punchboard Paradise and Facebook at Punchboard Paradise. Yeah. I mean, you definitely need the the expansions, I think, because they do mix it up at least. I can't, I can't say anything on the expansions. I have no idea. Don't even know what they do. So it's quacktastic. <laughs> 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 <Whew>. Sorry. <All> right. <laughs>